When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sip on the go with a Starbucks iced shaken espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day. Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I got my brother Quentin here with me. And Q, I feel like this is an episode where we're bringing a hidden gem. I mean, I hope so, man. I think if you're, let's put it this way, if you're, if you're somewhat knowledgeable of indie music from the 2000s you probably know who midlake is and if you're from if you're from texas like if you're from the dallas area especially if you're from the denton area i think you know who midlake is uh and that's the band we're talking about today um these guys are from denton texas which is about you know 30 minutes north from from me um but um it's hard to know how many people know about this band? Because, like you said, we grew up in Dallas. Yeah, and, and you know when these guys were really coming up, we had friends who went to UNT, which is in Denton. You know, you, I mean, I was playing with a band that was in Denton. Yeah, and we talked about a band. Our our uh, bonus episode for for Halloween was a band out of Denton, Texas, the undoing of David Wright. Denton is is sort of uh, a, a music hub uh basically and it's the closest thing to Austin that Dallas has, right? Yeah. And uh this is just one of the more sort of well-known bands that came from Denton. But um they formed in 1999, Q. Did you know that? I did not know that, but yeah, that's that's crazy. What like do you, what else you got on this band? It's primarily Tim Smith, who is the vocalist, 
guitar player, primary songwriter. Primary songwriter. Yeah. yeah. So we're both reading the Wikipedia page together. <laughs> <laughs> we're both staring at the Wikipedia. The fact page. that we both said primary songwriter. I know, dude. So Look, yeah, man, we're kind of uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of pulling this this episode out of our ass. But I mean, here's the thing. Here's all you got to know. UNT. If you don't know, it's a it's a college that is known for its music course, like its music. Uh, I mean, it's basically it's a music college, right? Like it's it's famous for its its uh, jazz bands and stuff like that. So Midlake is a group of jazz students, and so they are you know classically trained, if if you want to put it that way, uh, and that definitely shows through and the compositions that they put together as Midlake, you know, that's the one thing that I think jumped out to me the most about this band. When, when I think you, you probably introduced me to, uh, I did to their album that came out in 2006, the year that we graduated high school, the trials of Van Panther, And I was just blown away by how, how well put together these songs were and how, I mean, it just, it stood apart from, you know, your run of the mill, like indie record that was coming out around that time. So, I mean, like I said, my, my introduction to them was Trials of Anarchy Panther. Um, It's got, it's almost like a concept album. I feel like, you know, it's all like the lyrics and the themes and stuff seem like they're kind of based around this, like this, you know, this time that's, that's kind of come and gone, you know, like this old, like settlers kind of thing, you know, like. Yeah, you know, yep. right? All the all the lyrics are very like set in that time. Yeah, and I don't know and how it's long. Very, it's a very pretty album. Yeah, it's very pretty. You know, they they got compared to Fleetwood Mac a lot. Um, some of the songs that they had on there. Um, so I'm not sure how long it was before I went back to and listened to the record that we're talking about today, which is their first full length album, came out in 2004, called Bam Nan and Sliver Cork. And I can't tell you how many times I've pronounced that Bandman and Silver Cork. Right. But it's Bamnan and, and Sliver Cork. I don't yeah. who knows what that means. Yeah. But um, Yeah, so so for me, the first song that I heard of Midlakes was uh Balloon Maker. Okay. Which is track two on Bamnan. Yeah, that was the and single. And then the, se- the 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 second song I heard of theirs was from Trials of Van Panther. Young Bride, which is such a great song. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably my favorite off of Trials. Um, but what I wanted to say was, and, and what we could get into is just how different the two albums are. I mean, yeah, they are so different. I mean, and like I said, they were obviously making a, a, you know, they were going for some, a very particular sound with Trials of Anarchy Panther. And I'd say the same thing for Bamnan. You know, it has a very distinct sound, but what you hear on Bamnan, they didn't, they didn't carry almost any of it over into uh, Trials of Anarchy Panther, I don't feel like. I mean, really. No. Um, and I think l- let's just um, let's dive right into some tunes. Uh, I just listened through to um, their EP that came out before Bamnan. So bef- before the, the bulk of what this episode is going to cover. Um, it was an EP called... Milkmaid Grand Army. Man, I can tell by the name alone that this is probably going to be similar to the stuff they were putting out on Bamnan. It is. It's okay. yeah. Um so this was this came out in 2001. So 4 years, I'm sorry, 
three years before Bamnan and Slivercork. They were a group, you know, making music on, as Midlake. And I don't know if, if we need to dive too much into it, but even since the beginning, they were kind of swapping out players. Like they, they like if you if you look on their on their Wikipedia page, scroll down and, and read the headlines. Departure of Jacobs, arrival of Nicholson and Upshaw. Departure of Upshaw, arrival of Pulido. So these are all just the last names of members of the band. These guys were trading out members all the time, and that's what made their sound change so much. Yeah, that uh, yeah, I think that speaks to just the talent pool that's available at the, at, uh, at that university. You know, right? I'm sure they. All, I mean, they were all running in in the the, the circle of all the musicians that were at UNT going, you know, participating in, yeah. in the jazz band and stuff like that. Like, no wonder they were, yep. you know, trading them out. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if those guys that, that left went and did their own thing. You know what I mean? Like, this is just what you do when you go to UNT, I feel like, is you form a band, you know? Yeah, and um, again, the the main guy here f- for Midlake, main singer-songwriter, his name is Tim Smith. Um, so let's play a track from that EP from 2001. Again, it's called Milkmaid Grand Army. It's a seven-track EP. I'm going to play um, track six. This is called Roller Skate, parentheses, Farewell June. that was the first time I've ever heard that. And I mean, it's obvious that, that Tom York was an influence, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's singing, he's singing very much like Tom York, a Radiohead. Um, totally dude. I thought the same so thing than, when I heard it. Yeah. Right off the rip too. Now there's right, a great yeah, quote dude. here. Are you yeah. going to say it or am I going to say it? There's a quote here. No, go for it. Okay. I, don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. So there's, there's a quote that, that spells this out perfectly right here from Tim Smith, which is the lead singer songwriter, like we mentioned before. He says, we don't want to get called a Radiohead ripoff band. I think Radiohead is a lot closer to my natural tendencies as a songwriter than a band like Jethro Tull. I listen to way more Jethro Tull than I do Radiohead these days. 
but I could write 10 Radiohead songs before I could write one Jethro Tull song. I want to sound more like Jethro Tull, but I just can't. That's a big struggle. Wow. I'm, you know, that song right there sounded exactly like, um, not necessarily the song structure, but the way that he was singing was exactly like Tom York. I don't feel like he carries that on with him to any of the other albums. I mean, really. I don't think so either. Even, you know, three years later with right. with Bamnan. Right. But um, honestly, that just, him say, him mentioning Jethro Tull just makes me want to want to dive into some, some Jethro Tull, dude. Because that's a band that I've never really gotten into. And maybe we can cover one of their albums soon. Aqualung is, is where I begin and end, you know, which is probably... What, what song? Aqualung, their big song. Oh, the yeah. The one yeah. that everybody knows. No, but if you listen to that entire EP, Milk Made Grand Army, I mean, that might as well be a Radiohead, like a, a lost tape from Radiohead. Like, every yeah. single song is a Radiohead song. And I'm not knocking it, dude. Like, it's great. Sure, it, yeah. it's, it's a really cool album. Um, and I, I wanted to share it with, with you all because I, I think it's a good segue into uh, Bamnan and, and what they did just a few years later. Um, and, and, you know, like we said, even in that time, they were swapping out members of the band, you know, so they're constantly evolving, but yeah, they're, they're like, like we had kind of mentioned Midlake is a band that was pretty short lived. And I guess maybe we'll get into this a little bit later after we share some tunes, but. Well, we say short lived, but they are still listed as being active and, you know, they've made records all the way up to. 2013, which was their last one. Okay, well, I guess we'll talk about this now then. Like, Tim Smith is no longer in Midlake. Yeah, I mean, if we want to say that when he left Midlake as we knew them, kind of changed, right? I mean, it's not the I same thing. I really, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're even playing the Tim Smith tunes, you know, if you go see Midlake today, are they playing songs that, you know, are they playing young bride? Are they playing, you know, balloon maker? Yeah. That's a great, yeah. So that, yeah. When you, when you lose the the main singer songwriter, are you really the same band? You know? Yeah. That's tough, man. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's play some tunes from, from Bamnan. Yeah, let's do it. So we got a couple songs to play from this album. Um, again, this one came out in, what is it, 2004? Yeah. Uh, this is definitely our favorite album of theirs. Uh, we're going to start with track four from the record. This song is called, I Guess I'll Take Care.
Yeah, so here's what I do. I mean, there's so much to go over, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. The thing that I love about this record so much is, like, it just has this feeling of, like, almost like a, like a, I don't know, man, like a carnival or something. I don't know. Like a, it, Okay, it, I, I think I can help you out here. Yeah, help me out, please. I, I think I can help you out because I'm, I'm with you. I'm, it's the same reason I love this album. For one, and I know we use this term a lot, but like, and maybe we should look up the definition, but like, this is such a melancholy, I mean, it's a, it's a somber sounding, like, just dark. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. It's dark, but also like, it's very playful and like whimsical too. But in like a, but in like a almost like something's kind of off, like it's almost like a nightmare yeah, there's yeah, like well, like like I said, like a car, like, you know, carnival. Sometimes you think of something that's off kilter a little bit. Here's what it is, dude. Bamnan and Slivercork is music for a David Lynch movie. I was gonna say Wes Anderson too. Okay, more, more like uh, more like a you know those those stop motion those old stop motion movies, kind of like Mister or what is it, Fantastic Mister Fox. You know what I mean? Okay. Like the kind of playful, like, and that's the kind of imagery that at least it conjures up in my mind when I hear this record. But aside from that, like, let's just talk about like how awesome the song itself is, you know? Uh, yeah. I think his vocal, we, you know, we were talking about earlier with the song he played that he sounds a lot like Tom York. And I think he stays in the Tom York, like range. His vocal range is in Tom York's, uh, the Tom York camp, but he, yeah. you know, some of the cadence that he brought to to that first song that was spot on Tom York. I don't think he carried it through, but he still has the same range as Tom York, and I think that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, no, in that in that uh, Milkmaid Grand Army EP, and a lot of those songs, he he kind of gets more in the higher octaves, which is what makes him sound more like Tom York. Um, not so much in in Bamnan. I mean, yeah, it's it's high pitched, but yeah, it's it's a little bit different. I like the harmonies that he that he does. It's I mean it's it's him singing with himself and the harmonies, uh, but I think they're really well done. And we have to we have to mention and this you know this same sound pops up in that Milkmaid EP. It's like he he's he's choosing a you know a setting on his synthesizer keyboard that that almost sounds like it's a little like a kid's toy. Yeah, you know, it's lo- like yeah, a, like a it's, little uh, kids like organ organ sound. Yeah, it's a lo-fi. It's it's lo-fi uh, keys. You know, like the the term that I'm seeing here, lo-fi psychedelic electronica, which I think is spot on for this record. Yeah, and it pops up in almost every song on Bamnan and Sliver of Cork, and that's what makes it stand out so much. Yeah, yes, that and that's what makes it such a great album to listen to because it's so playful like that, and sort of like you, yeah. things kind of come at you like you get surprised by it you know uh so let's play the next track on the on the record dude which is our next pick track five uh i think this is safe to say this is your favorite song on the record yeah i think so there's so many different movements to this song i think the intro is one of the one of the greatest mid-lake intros ever if not like it just, it's up there for me. Like the intro has this, uh, this, this punch moment, this impact that you, that you get that kind of comes out of nowhere. And, yeah. uh, they just, it's really well done. 
it catches your attention for yeah, sure. Yeah, and we'll have to break this up into two different parts because there is a there are two there are two very distinct parts in the song, and I think they execute it really really well. And it's very um, his vocals are very kind of emotional in this song, and it's just it's a great song. So yeah, this song is called "Some of Them Were Superstitious." that intro right where it, when it when it all comes in you know it, it kind of it's very loud yeah i love how they bring that back uh you know in the chorus all the music kind of stops he's singing whatever verse he's singing and then it just that swell comes back in you know it's just amazing man i love it all right so um like i said there are two very distinct parts in the song so let's play the next clip here but before we do let's take a let's take a quick break And we're back. Okay, so um, let's hear that next part on the song. Again, the song is called Some of Them Were Superstitious.
I just love that song, man. It's just so good. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. a, it's definitely a good representation of this album and like yeah. what what Midlake sounded like in 2004. Um like we mentioned, Midlake's still around, but um Tim Smith isn't the lead singer anymore, so like really I mean, I I feel like they died in the courage of others, which I believe was Tim Smith's last album of theirs, which came out in 2010. It makes you wonder why they didn't just change the name, you know? Right. Like, were they just trying to ride on the success of their name? It's like, you I lost mean, the lead singer. that makes sense, though, because it, it, if you start, you know, you lose you lose the lead singer, and if, if he doesn't care, if you keep the band name, you might as well keep it, because otherwise you're basically starting over as a brand new band. I think they may have had more six. They, they could possibly have had a better chance of, of, of regaining success had they renamed but maybe not because that's the thing they probably wouldn't have sold any records had they changed their name people probably bought midlake because it, oh it's a new midlake record i gotta check it out exactly that's what i was thinking almost yeah. like a bait and switch though if you think about it anyway um yeah so uh one thing i i will say about um bam nan compared to trials of an panther this has probably been a part of midlake uh, since their origin, but you heard a flute in that song. Some of them were superstitious. Like that just kind of shows you like there's a lot of instruments that they bring to the table. You know, if you look at the, the, the listing on, on the Bamnan page on Wikipedia, you see a flute mentioned 12 string acoustic guitar, uh, a bassoon, a double bass. And like we were seeing sort of those lo-fi, keyboard sounds like that's always been a part of midlake and definitely on trials of an Panther, there's more flutes you know there's more sort of stringed instruments and stuff like that violins and whatnot like that's just kind of what they did and that's what i've always loved about them is like we were saying like these guys are talented you know classically trained jazz musicians you know it definitely shows but anyway i think you're right that uh bam nan is 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 probably a favorite of mine, but I've always been blown away by Trials of an Panther. You know, yeah, totally different sound. Um, I like Bamnan because it's 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 got a little bit more, um, it's more rock oriented. I feel like, in as much as it can be, because there's really nothing about the record that's rock and roll, like in the traditional sense of that term. You know, but I think it's it's rock oriented in in how you know we consider the Beatles a rock band, but you know, from yeah. Rubber Soul on to Abbey Road, you know they were they were super whimsical at times <laughs> throughout their career, but mm-hmm. um, still through and through a rock band. And yeah, Bamnan is is almost like a magical mystery tour kind of album, you know? Yeah, um, where it's it's much more whimsical and uh, experimental. Um, but yeah, dude. It, I think this actually sums it up perfectly. Uh, if you look at the genre that these records are both listed as, uh, Bam Nan is listed as psychedelic folk, mm-hmm. and Trials of Anarchy Panther is listed as progressive folk. And I think that sums it up perfectly because there's a lot of, there. It, it is very psychedelic. Um, Bam Nan. Yeah, you and know? we keep we keep talking about Trials of Anarchy Panther, and I'm not planning on playing any songs from that. 
album. We may have to we may have to do it. We may have to circle back and do an episode on that record at some point. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah. So let's let's wrap it up, dude. This is just our our, our little sidetrack on Midlake. I know we got some some what you heard's to dive into. That's right. Um, let's start with you today, dude. What you been heard? All right. So here we go. This this is pretty typical of, of the way that, that I sort of bounce around from like genre to genre throughout the year as I'm listening to music or whatever. Like if I spend a lot of time in one particular genre, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to bounce and and, and like go almost one eighty, you know? Yeah. So October, as we know, was kind of based around metal for us, right? We did a metal month. So I was listening to a lot of metal music. So I've sort of pivoted from that and gravitated more toward electronic stuff. This guy, uh, he's been on my radar for a while now. Uh, he goes by the name Mux Mule or Mux Mule, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, but his name is uh, Brian Lindgren. He is an American electronic musician. Uh, he is on Ghostly International. Uh, that's the record label. Also, Mood Gadget. And uh, what's interesting is a lot of his music has been featured on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. Nice. So you may recognize some of his tunes from, like, you know, those commercial bumpers that they have. Yeah. Uh, that they're kind of well known for. But anyway, he just put out another, uh, he, he put out a brand new single uh, uh, just maybe a week ago uh, by the time this episode gets out. Anyway, so let's just listen to that. Uh, it's got a funny name. It's called Boner of a Lonely Heart. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Which, I mean, come on. You got to love a good pun when you hear one, you know? And this is a play on a on a Yes song, right? Anyway, like yeah, I said, dude. brand new song just came out a few days ago. Boner of a Lonely Heart.
So that song makes me want to jump in the car and just drive towards the horizon, bro. Sunset time. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, just a pretty, uh, you know, pretty straightforward uh, electronic track. But uh, this yeah. is the the first single off of um, the new album. Uh, I'm guessing it's going to come out in 2020 because that, that would be 10 years later. Um, but uh, he came out with an album called Skull Taste in 2010. And uh, Boner of a Lonely Heart is the first single off of Skull Taste 2. So I'm guessing it'll come out in 2020. Uh, but anyway, cool. um, yeah, I mean, what I like about electronic music, but I've always, uh, you know, I've always gravitated toward it because it, it's just that consistent beat. You know, it's really good. Yeah, dude, for very repetitive, very focused. Like uh, sometimes I can fo- I feel like the, it's the same for metal for me. Uh, Cause a lot of times metal is very like, you know, it just, it's got this driving beat, you know, but it's really good for, um, for me at least when I'm working, you know, cause I code all day. Yeah. It's just yeah, the yeah. perfect kind of music to, to concentrate with. Um, anyway, I, I feel like we haven't done a lot of electronic music on this podcast and we need to change that i would love to do an it's electronic shocking month. that you say that but you're totally right dude um yeah i mean because we're I, both huge electronic fans right so i, I think we totally need to right. do a, we need to do an electronic month or something like that uh maybe we'll do that in 2020 sometime but anyway because uh, dude we could spend we could spend months doing electronic music um totally anyway so that's that um again that was because I, I just love saying it. That was Boner of a Lonely Heart by Mux Mule. Or Mux Mule. One of the two. One of those what two has to be the right pronunciation. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Cool. What do you got, Q? What have you what have you been hurting lately? So, uh, this is an artist that I heard. I was posted up at this awesome bar called Noble Barton. Uh, it's in White Center, which is a tiny little, tiny little city just outside of Seattle. Um, I was grabbing some brunch there last week and dude, this bar always has like the best tunes. Um, I don't know what playlist they're playing from or, you know, if they're just on Pandora or what. You got your Shazam on the ready is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. And I shazammed, I shazammed this song. Well, I'm not going to play the song that I heard. But this is an artist that goes by Skin Shape. All one word. Skin Shape. It's a British musician. His name is William Dory. Uh, and he's been making music under Skin Shape since 2014. You remember the band um, Krongbin I shared with you? It's got like yeah. that Afrobeat, like psychedelic rock kind of vibes yep super funky stuff um this is what he's all about i'm gonna play a song from uh, an album of his from 2015 called oracolo i think that's how you say it it's all one word uh i'm gonna play the self-titled track it's track two so it's called oracolo and it's fucking dope dude here it is Thank you. 
Yeah, that was great, man. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker for for that like guitar tone, you know, like that come echoey like twangy guitar, dude. Yeah, just fucking. It was. G- it was well done. That, all day. Give me that shit all day, dude. I so love here, that kind of music. Here's what I here's what I appreciate about about the vibe I was getting off of that. So his voice was kind of bluesy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find myself getting like probably unnecessarily like put off by by bands sometimes that I feel like they are almost too like purposely going after a sound, you know what I mean? I don't know, yes. like I You've mentioned I that hear, to me before. Yeah, with bands. I can't I can't yeah, like, I mean, there's what's bands that out band there. That, that's doing that Led Zeppelin shit? Yeah, and yeah, you just yeah. Fucking hate their Greta Van Fleet. I mean, that, Greta, Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> that's in a different. Yeah. That's a different. Um, I feel like okay. that's a different uh, example. But I mean, like, okay, yeah. How many bands out there are doing the? Um, God, you hear it. It's so trite at this point and like overdone. But y- you know, you'll hear it on a, a dozen different commercials. The type of band that's that sounds like uh, I feel like Montfort. Or Mumford and Sons started it all. You talking about like yeah, like Mumford and Sons yes. and of Monsters and Men. Yes, where it's like, I, yes, like, I know, I know, dude. I know you hate it so much, and I yes, get it. But yes, I, I know what you're. You're talking all about. doing the same song, the same sound. You're yes. throwing in the 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 cliche, like um, you know, they have a term for it. I don't want to say it, but I'll say it. The millennial whoop. You've heard of this, right? Yes, dude. You've mentioned it on this it. podcast. <laughs> I anyway, know, dude. I know. So, I know. I long you. way of saying, like, obviously they're doing a. His voice is very bluesy, but it's a sixties, seventies, yeah, bluesy. He's not um, doing it yeah. in a way that's that to me is, um, pandering to 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 that genre. You know what I mean? Like he's doing it. Like it's very. They they put their own spin on it. You know, there's a lot of different things happening in the song. His voice just happens to be like blues, bluesy in a way, blues oriented, but it's yeah, not. And a we talk off. about it. We we talk about this a lot on on this podcast. But um, you know, a thing that I love about music is how it's just it's constantly evolving, but it's always pulling from the past. Right. And like you're saying, there's a right and wrong way to do that, uh, and there's an easy way out as a band to do that and still find success. Um, but yeah, like like you're saying, this this guy skin shape, he's doing his own thing, like making put, putting his own spin on it. Um, this whole album is like this, dude. It, it's it's a really great record all the way through. You should press play from from track one, dude. You'll really like it. I promise. Okay, yeah, no, I like what I heard. So yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. That's not the song that I heard uh, at at the bar. Uh, once we stop recording, I'll play a little bit of it for you, brother. All right, let's wrap it up. So, that's our take on Midlake's album from 2004, Bamnan and Slivercork. That's going to wrap up our distortion-free November. We're going to kind of switch it up in December. And uh, we're going to have a very special guest coming up real soon. I'm excited, dude. Yeah, man. I'm real excited. And by yeah. s- he's only special to us, but you know what? Maybe he'll be special to you too after you listen to the episode. I mean, um, he, yeah. He, we're, let's just put it this way. We've waited until the exact right moment to have him on this yes. podcast, you know, as far as the episode that we got lined up. So totally. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. I'm excited. It's, it's going to be fun. Um, all right. So, as always, 
check us out on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, you can go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Um, you will find us and a ton of other great music podcasts within the network. You can also check us out on nofillerpodcast.com. There you can click on each episode and dive into uh, our show notes, check out our sources that we cover from. Occasionally we'll, occasionally we'll post uh, YouTube videos, you know, concert footage and interview clips, stuff like that. Um, and to wrap us up for today, I've got a an artist that Tim Smith mentions as uh influence on him on him a, a pretty heavy influence on their sound uh this is a guy named jimmy spheris never heard of him almost guaranteed that you haven't dude nope it's a random ass singer songwriter from the 70s um i guess i mean i don't know how how popular this guy was back in the 70s but he released Four albums in that decade, and um, we're going to share a tune from his his first album that came out in 1971 called Isle of View, and you can definitely hear the influence um, just kind of in in the songwriting and maybe the uh, like the instruments used and like the the mood of the song. You can definitely hear where where Tim Smith pulled from. Um, so yeah, this is a song called Long Way Down from Jimmy Spheris' 1971 album Isle of View. And thank you so much, as always, for listening. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis. Y'all take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.